Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Raj Basord. I'm a consultant psychiatrist based in Harley Street, London, and I'm delighted to be joined today by a psychiatrist based in Ukraine, uh, Ores Sovalo, and he's going to be talking to us a little bit about what's happening in Ukraine at the moment. Um, so, Ores, first of all, tell us a bit about yourself. You're a psychiatrist and you work in, in what kind of capacity in Ukraine? Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Oras Suvalo. I'm a psychiatrist from Lviv. I have 18 years of experience in the state medical system psychiatric hospital at the different levels. Now I work in Ukrainian Catholic University Institute of Mental Health as coordinator of project and programs. And also I'm a lecturer at the mastership program uh, clinical psychology with CBT basis. And also I'm coordinator of development of community-based mental health services in Ukrainian and Swiss project mental health for Ukraine and I have a small private practice in psychiatry. So first of all before we get into what's happening now and the mental health impact of the war I want to just start with getting a sense of the picture of, of uh, the mental health of Ukraine in general. You have published some research which seems to suggest that um, there's a higher rate of psychiatric disorder in Ukraine than the average for Europe. And in particular, they seem to be quite high rates compared to the rest of Europe, um, not just of general psychiatric disorder, but specifically alcohol problems, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and depression. Could you say a bit about that? Uh, so, uh, yes, we have this data about these troubles and also these troubles are related to war, which, uh, which uh, we have here during the last eight years. But also it it's could be uh, possible to mention that we had good uh, epidemiological study in 2004, led by uh, Evelyn Brome, uh, and we also had data about the, the gaps. So, for example, in this epidemiological study, they discovered that at the year of study, we had uh, like 10% of population had the current disorder and 17% experienced a disorder in the past year. And one of the third of population experienced at least one of DSM validated disorder in their lifetime. And when we are talking about the state data, for example, uh, published in 2016, about 2015 years, that only 3.9% of population uh, requested the mental health services. So comparing this data, we have a huge gap of people who are uh, coming to the state services, who came to the state services at that time, and those who experienced mental health disorders. Now, situation is much more worse, in my opinion, uh, because we have huge traumatic events. And so I think that the, the numbers will, will increase, especially in the common mental health disorders and the stress-related disorders. If you have higher rates of psychiatric disorder in Ukraine, why uh, might that be? Uh, this is uh, my opinion. Uh, this, this, we have need to make more research in this and to, to show some data and some, some uh, real causes. But in my opinion, it's uh, related to the socio-economical factors, stress-related factors, uh, also war, 
now it's maybe the most uh, difficult and most traumatic factor and also the social reforming processes because we tried to reform a lot of a lot of sphere during the last years especially after revolution of dignity so this is like very stressful times and including healthcare system and mental health system so all these factors i think have influence to the mental health and to the numbers you seem to be saying that life in ukraine before the war was pretty stressful tell us a bit about why it was stressful what were the nature of the stresses living in the U- in, in ukraine before the war um, um maybe maybe it's not very uh, it was not very clear so uh, but uh, some years we have maybe less stress some more stress but all the time we, we had some social social troubles and uh, I think social economical factors and 20th century was very traumatic for Ukrainians uh, Holodomor the, the artificial famine of, of Stalin in 1933 the first world war the second world war um, imprisonment uh, terror by by the Soviet occupation to the people who who had opposition so, we had a lot of traumatic events in the past and after receiving and after uh, independence in 1991 we tried to establish the, the social life here and uh, it was also not very easy times for all of us uh, i remember as a child the 90s so it was very difficult with salaries with work for for adult and then we had one revolution, Orange Revolution 2004, then uh, Revolution of Dignity, which also was due to uh, this time uh, authorities who changed the course of the state, promising the EU association, then they decided not to sign it. So it was like the huge uh, cause of societal movements and revolutionary movements, because people were not agree with this decision and why we began to protest, and then Russia invades Ukraine. So this is like the, 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 the general uh, situation is, was and still also not very calm, and why it's not possible to develop country in the, in the calm, comfortable atmosphere and to move forward to some, some better decisions and some better services. Now, in terms of delivery of psychiatric care or delivery of mental health care, in Ukraine, it seems as if it's very concentrated in hospitals, that you have to go to a hospital or the treatment occurs in hospitals. And there is very little, it sounds like, what we would call in the West, community care. Could you say something about that? Uh, So this is is the truth, because uh, mostly... uh, after the collapse of Soviet Union, uh, so mostly the big psychiatric hospital, they stayed at the place, mostly concentrated in the centers of regions, sometimes outside uh, the, the big cities, and the good services, good specialists is still concentrated there. And we have had and have lack of community-based services. 
why we became this process uh, of developing the services in 2017 it was it was agreed and signed by the government the concept note of mental health and in october 2021 government agreed the action plan to develop this concept note and the idea was to increase accessibility availability of services uh, teaching uh, general practitioners, family doctors in MHGAP, for example, and also social workers, because we also have here like separation between social sphere and medical sphere. Psychiatric services are under authority of uh, Ministry of Healthcare and care homes or homes for people with severe disabilities are under authority of Ministry of Social Care. So this is different direction, different rules, different orders. and. We were trying to make this like intersectoral collaborative way to uh, to work with patient or people needs, and we began this process in 2019, 2020. But now it's like seems like everything was destroyed in the east, especially Donetsk, Luhansk region, Kharkiv region, Kyiv region. So it's it's quite difficult to say. Uh, what is like now because some psychiatric hospital especially especially at the east uh, i know were occupied by russians and uh, i don't know what's going on there now the same with care homes uh, so uh, yeah maybe maybe i finish here um okay so um Back in the Soviet Union days, um, psychiatry had a reputation for being a tool of the state, and that if you were against communism or a dissident, uh, you were diagnosed with a um, psychiatric disorder. And there was this famous thing called sluggish schizophrenia, uh, which was used to diagnose dissidents or opponents of the state. Um, so psychiatry may have become stigmatized in the eyes of the population. As a, as, as a tool of, of the state. Uh, did that happen in Ukraine as well? Uh, this is true about this uh, political reason for psychiatry, for using psychiatry in the authoritative and totalitarian country as Soviet Union was. And this is also the part of stigma. But in Ukraine, in my opinion, uh, we did not use this during all this year of independence because Ukrainian psychiatry developed in the in the direction of evidence based of using evidence medications or development of psychotherapy. So it was a like good direction, but not easy way to do this. But uh, I'm sure that here we didn't have these examples of using this because we talked about a lot about the using psychiatry as political tool in Soviet time and uh, to be honest we even till now did not uh, did not work with this experience and did not have possibility to analyze all this material so it, it's very in necessary to, to know exactly what what was this uh, this and how it was but uh, still no still nowadays we didn't do this and we should do this so let's talk a bit about what's happening right now in ukraine i i understand that you go to the train station i think every day uh to try to help what kind of mental health difficulties are you seeing 
personally? Uh, so it, it was like a request from the local military administration of, to, to, to help them develop the medical psychological unit at the railway station because this is like gate to the city and trains come here from different uh, different cities especially like evacuated trains from Kyiv, Kharkiv, uh, Mar uh, Kharkiv, Kyiv, uh, the, the other city at the east and uh, it was the first week was maybe the, the more complicated from 28th of, of February and uh, we made the call for some uh, non-governmental sector like uh, civil society because we have here like environment of professional psychologists, psychotherapists, psychiatrists who work it also as psychological support at Maidan times and times of revolution of dignity to support protesters there and uh, also these people work with PTSD with soldiers so we have already experience and uh, very good international cooperation in these terms uh, to help people uh, cope with PTSD and also other trauma-related issues. So I call it my colleagues, call it this crisis psychological service of Lviv city, and they agreed. And also a lot of people who are refugees from Kharkiv, Kyiv, professionals also joined this voluntary service. And uh, we have medical like unit and, or, or doctors, phys physicians there, and also psychologists, psychotherapists, psychiatrists who are volunteering, support people who are coming here for, from all this uh, city, escaping from the bombs and from this, uh, from, from Russians, uh, from occupation. So mostly this is like huge trauma-related conditions, like panic, fear, uh, crying uh, so this is acute state so it's uh, i think professionals can understand the, the scope of of symptoms and we are trying here to stabilize uh, these patients to make like small low intensity interventions to provide them the basis uh, support to cover the basic needs and to try to to get them food uh, it gives them food, gives them a roof, uh, gives them information, and uh, provides some stabilization uh, techniques. And uh, also, if necessary, we, we are referring them to more specialized care, to psychiatric hospital, which, which are also overloaded with requests and work now, because uh, during the last days, we have plus 200,000 people in Lviv. What about people who already had a major psychiatric disorder? Let's say people with major psychosis or schizophrenia or major depression, their treatment will have been disrupted. So again, what is your personal experience of people who already had major psychiatric disorder before the war um, erupted and, and the impact of it on them? Yeah, we met these people also at the railway station and uh, we are trying to support them and we are asking about their needs and their uh, their requests, their medication process. And also, if it's necessary, we, we, we are referring them to specialists when there are also acute states like psychotic states or some relapses. Uh, but also it's like um, 
quite uh, often I should explain people uh, and psychologists and also other volunteers that when person has schizophrenia and it's not in relapse but have a remission, it's not necessary to send this person to via ambulance services to psychiatric hospital because this person as others needs support, uh, cover basic needs and also if necessary, they should provide information about the specialized care. So we, we, we see at the railway station different kinds of people, people with severe mental disorder, with relatives, without relatives, with different social conditions. So we are trying to, uh, to, 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 to speak with them, to speak with them in the terms of, uh, of uh, respect their dignity, the respect their wish and their will and also provide them as proper uh, care and support as we can. Could you give us any examples? Obviously, you have to protect patient confidentiality, but any examples of actual um, people that you've met and the kind of things they experienced or the kind of things they've suffered from? So we have, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of, very painful situation and stories. Um, it's quite difficult for me and maybe it's not very correct here to describe because I think that everyone can understand that uh, I often receive this question, especially from the Western journalists and, and uh, people who are asking what, what we are, you're feeling, what, what, uh, what are the emotions. But for example, a few days ago, the Russians bombed shelter and drama theater in Mariupol where people uh, wrote at the street that children are inside and nevertheless they bombed there so we have all these emotions and all this uh, like pain we are feeling all this pain because nobody can do anything to stop this uh, this crimes and this genocide and about talking particular situation which I meet at the, at the hospital, sometimes uh, the railway station. Sometimes this is like also very painful histories of lost, of lost of parents, lost of children, uh, lost of houses, properties. So, so this is different, and we are dealing here according to the every situation, what we can and how we can deal in these conditions. Sometimes we are we are referring this person to, to, to hospital because we see the, um, <clears throat> the 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 needs. Okay, I can tell us about cases that people, family with man with disability and woman with mental disability, they ran away from war in 2014, and they went to the central Ukraine. Now they are running from the central Ukraine to the western Ukraine, and everyone from them are their needs. And we are trying here to to help them to find the, the some some shelter, find them some house, and find the proper medical support because they need uh, every one of them need medical support, and this is like not sometimes easy because infrastructure here, social infrastructure, medical infrastructure is overloaded, and. Um, and it, it's, it took a lot of time and, um, and energy to find uh, proper, uh, proper care. 
Often in a war, um, it is people who are more able-bodied or, or not suffering from mental health difficulties who can leave. Do you think that given you're at the train station, you're meeting people who are mobile, have been able to get their um, act together to, to get out, that, you, that the people left behind, there must be a group of people left behind, unable to, to leave, um, may, there may be um, many quite ill psychiatric quite ill people with psychiatric disorder who are left behind and who are unable to rescue themselves as a result. Do you believe that is the case? Mm. Yes, we mean these people, so this is a very vulnerable population, if I correctly understand your question. And we are trying also, so just to be honest, yeah, we probably, we, we don't see all the people who are coming here because people are coming via buses, private transport, they are we are meet them at the railway station and then they decide where to go they are going inside the city or the, or poland to border to the different direction and my main idea here now is like to try to establish the mental health psychosocial working group at least from the city level and oblast level and in level to understand what uh, what who doing and where and when so this is like for better understand the resources that we have here. And when we have this vulnerable population, we are trying also to support them and to refer them to some services which can help them, or the psychiatric hospital or social services. But all of these services, they are overloaded and also have very small capacities to cover all needs that we met here now. When a war happens and the news media arrive and they film um, the war, um, do you think there's a sense in which something that's not easy to film or not easy to see is psychiatric disorder? Do you think that you can see suffering on, on the TV screens um, from people um, who've suffered losses, but do you think there's a sense in which the psychiatric or psychological suffering um, doesn't get properly covered? by um, the news reporting. Uh, one more, if I correctly understand your question. So we, we know from, from, the, from the criteria that to be witnesses of crime or some, some trauma is also could be traumatizing experience. Uh, so uh, maybe media should, should think how to properly uh, show this, uh, this information and shows us uh, situations here. And uh, of course, for children, this could be very traumatizing, but as I see uh, now from the, from the, what's going on in the East, on the Kyiv August, for example, on the East August. So this is like uh, a lot of traumatized situation for everyone. And uh, we, and I think that media are showing this, especially to the West, just to prove that we are suffering and this is going exactly now in 21 century and it's going uh, eight years already now it's much more much more active but uh, i i see that maybe this world still doesn't understand what's going on here in europe maybe this make a sense of media to show to show all this uh, all this information on the screens 
The media often need um, someone to interview. And if you're suffering from major psychiatric disorder, you may not be that easy to interview. And that's another reason uh, it's possible um, that the Western media doesn't neglects the issue of the impact of the war in terms of the psychiatric and psychological aspect. I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Of course, uh, because people are mostly, especially people with severe mental disorders, they are mostly hidden in the homes, it's the care homes, internats, and psychiatric hospital. And uh, media are not allowed to go inside because of some some legislation formalities. And uh, I'm not sure that this is like big interest for for media to interview people with severe mental disorders. Some particular media could be. But um, but yeah, maybe these people are left behind because because of the mental health condition, and uh, this is also like um, call for state or for for other organization to to take these people and their needs into account. And when we are working now in the in this railway station, we are mostly work with people who are coming, and this is different people, but. Uh, there is huge need, I think, to, to, to look at the people who are uh, in the institutions, who are still in the institutions, and the Ministry of Healthcare in Ukraine, they are now collecting from all this active time of war, they are collecting the needs from the mental health hospitals and from the care homes, institutions from different regions of Ukraine about, they are monitoring the needs of these people, and uh, I think that they are working how to in the way how to cover this, and this could be and should be the next step of uh, of care for for for, for people for for uh, authorities uh, for care on people with mental health disorder, especially severe disabilities. My sense, as I've tried to investigate the situation in Ukraine from a psychiatric standpoint, is I, I think a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists and maybe a lot of doctors have actually left Ukraine um, for personal safety reasons. So is the situation even worse because there are fewer mental health professionals now in the country? Of course. Of course, situation is not good because indeed people left country. We have the list of this of the specialist who left country who propose their voluntary services or are looking for some work abroad. And the international organization are proposing them some workplace to support Ukrainian refugees. So this is like we have this uh, situation. And also I know from my colleagues from hospitals that some good specialists left, uh, left the country and they have troubles with processes inside, with assessment, uh, service delivery, treatment delivery. So this is one like the other negative consequence on the situation that we meet now. But you have not left. Why, why have you not left? Because I'm a man of the, of the age up to 60, it's prohibited and, uh, because of military service. Okay, and what, what about the personal impact on you? Um, you you um, going to the train station every day and the work that you're doing, what it must be exhausting and very stressful. What about the impact on yourself? 
I, I try to balance uh, good sleep, food, and keep up my mental health as it possible here. So it's it's influence, of course. And um, I, I leading some processes here, so I should be as example of, of and I recommend to my colleagues, volunteers, and my, my colleagues that uh, care about your mental health, uh, have sleep, have uh, good food and drink a lot of water, ask about support, uh, go to the supervision, because we also a crisis psychological service are also proposing supervisions for, for volunteers, because this is necessary condition to do this. So I do, I recommend this, and I also should to do this because, <laughs> because uh, yes, this will be honest. Um, there may be many people listening to this, ordinary people, not professionals, or professionals, or doctors, or, or psychiatrists, or psychologists, or therapists, who would like to help. What, what are, do you have anything to say to those people who would like to help uh, the situation in Ukraine? Uh, there are a lot of initiatives, how it's possible to help, and uh, maybe I will not have possibility now to provide, provide all of them, so we have the ministerial uh, in ministry people who are coordinating the international support, we have humanitarian actors, we have account for the foreigners, uh, how to support Ukrainian army or how to support financially. So there are a lot of, uh, lot of different directions, uh, but in other case, it's possible to, to connect personally and then I can direct to some, some initiatives that are really working and helping here. So, uh, Orest uh, Savalov, many thanks for talking to us. I'm gonna ask you a tough question now. Um, what has been the most surprising thing for you over what's happened with the war in terms of your experience of this? What's the thing that's been the most surprising thing about it? Mm, I don't know how to say and what to say uh, surprising. After all of these years of war and uh, all this, I, it's difficult to surprise me with anything, but I'm very glad and I'm very satisfied with all these people who are going here for a living. And I met a, a prominent people here, people who are who are escaping from the bombing, Bucha, Irpin, Kyiv, Kharkiv, and Kherson, who, who came here to the station and who are providing nights and days here on the shifts and voluntary movement because they want to help and this is like the very prominent people very sunny people who, who i meet here and this is like new environment and new society is 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 growing here and uh, i think this is maybe the most the most um, bright bright uh, page of this story uh, Dr. R.S. Suvalo, thank you very much indeed.